0: welcome to the red rain podcast here is your host from sb nation's revenge of the birds walter mitchell
1: thank you kyle little rock lead from slam diego what a wild weekend welcome back bird gangers uh Today I'm going to talk about some moves that I I hope the Cardinals will make um, in with the staff and with free free agency. Um, there's a lot to talk about. Uh, want to talk about what we saw just in total awe this weekend, um, and it was uh, also a, a nice showcase for some of the free agents that I think the Cardinals uh, might want to look deeply into signing um for next year so uh you know uh before we start kyle can you please look up what the rams cap space is for next year um i that's one thing i, I need to know um as we uh, as i talk, start talking about free agency because there are a number of of rams free agents that well it'd be nice to flip them over onto our side um, and, um, you know, I want to talk about that. I want to talk about, uh, you know, the, the, the free agent gems that are out there that I think that the Cardinals may have a good so, shot at signing. Now the Los,
0: Los Angeles Rams have $190,000 in available cap space this off season. So they have Correct. basically zero, right. um, uh, I'm going to see if I can move around some right. contracts and how much space I can open up if I do the salary cap editor. Thing. Sure. So for now, it looks like they have Good. zero.
1: All right. Well, we know they'll they'll make some moves, but can they afford Von Miller, OBJ, um, and some of their other, you know, Darius Williams, some of their other uh, uh, free agents? Here are the Ram free agents that I I really love to see the Cardinals make a move for. Of course, Von Miller would be an excellent system fit in our 34. He's made to order as a weak side outside linebacker. Um, And at his age, I'm not sure you have to pay 15 mil a year. It's going to be double digits, but probably, I'm going to guess, well, the guaranteed money is going to be the important thing. I mean, I think if you – signed him for two or three years and guaranteed 20 million, something to that effect. I imagine, um, you could sign him and boy, that would be, a, um,
0: <clears throat> you know, that would
1: be an outstanding addition. But, uh, if, if, if not Miller, I, you know, the, the guy who's been catching my eyes is, uh, Obro, Okaranakro. um, current Aqua is uh you know, he's an Oklahoma kid. Um Kyler probably knows a little bit, um, more than a little bit. And uh, you know, he's a six two, two fifty three, um, edge rusher. Um, uh, I thought he he had some really good pressures on Brady um from that backside and um, you know, playing against the 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 bucks offensive line which we know is really good um so um uh, that's an interesting um prospect for the cardinals i think you know he's an up and coming player uh i don't know how much it would take to to sign him probably you know they they could sign him for a reasonable contract um but uh Really liked his burst off the edge yesterday. Uh, that would be um, an interesting signing for the Cardinals if they couldn't land Von Miller, but Von Miller would be a plum. Um, OBJ is fascinating to me. I think Kyler would mesh with him beautifully. Uh, the, the only thing about him is, I mean, as well as he's played um, with the Rams, I think he's going to command a pretty hefty salary. I'm not sure if the Cardinals can afford that, paying um, DeAndre Hopkins 25 million on next year's cap. Um, so, you know that that might be a stretch for the Cardinals. And I can't imagine the Rams being able to re-sign him unless he's so in love with LA that he's willing to take a major, um, you know, drop in salary to make it team friendly for them. Um, but you know they're already paying Cooper Cup and Robert Woods. And and Van Jefferson, I mean, they have um, a luxury there and a glut at wide receiver. And if anyone deserves a raise, it's Cooper Cup. Oh my God! Um, <laughs> Would what, you like what? an
0: update on the Rams situation too? I, I sure. messed around with the numbers a little bit. So Go ahead. if they if they converted Robert Woods, Cooper Cup, and Aaron Donald's salaries to base salary, they could open up. Nineteen million dollars in cap space, which would be enough to re-sign either Von Miller or Odell Beckham, most likely, but probably not both of them. So it looks like right. they could get one of them with they yeah. restructured all these deals and still have a little bit of space in free agency.
1: Right. Thank you for that. That's that's fascinating to know. And I, you know, and even with that, with the kind of depth that they're going to need to fill in with, I mean, they're going to need money to sign other players. I mean, they have a number of free agents. They're going to have to account for Darius Williams, for one. Um, you know, Darius Williams. I like I like him as a player. I, I think Marco Wilson ultimately can be better um, on that at right cornerback. I kind of like where we are with Marco. I think a year stronger um, is going to mean a lot, uh, and we'll see a lot from him. Um, so I'm. And Darius Williams doesn't strike me as a guy we can we can dog the 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 big three in in the NFC West: Cooper Cup, Tyler Lockett, and uh, Debo Samuel. I mean, we have the Cardinals' number one priority in the secondary is si- signing a cornerback with experience, or using their first round draft pick if they see a guy that they think like McDuffie or McCreary or. Um, or or, or or uh who's the other kid from Florida I keep messing up his name but Marco Wilson's uh you know counterpart um <clears throat> over in, in, in Florida um he's a he's a fine player but you know with rookies I don't know if we could count on them next year is a big year for the Cardinals it's really you know the like Super Bowls in Arizona ultimately I think we need an an experienced guy um, uh, to, to uh, finally have a guy who can chase and cover and dog those big three in the NFC West. If we get a guy like that, that's going to make a huge difference. Um, the, the corner that I really like in free agency we saw last night, Chardere, Chardarius um, uh, Ward for the Chiefs. I don't know if you saw the job he did on Stefan Diggs. And I would put Diggs in that category with Cup and Samuel and Lockett. Uh Ward is he's he's a number one corner. And I don't know if the Chiefs will Kyle, can you look up the Chiefs cap space for next year? I can um, look
0: up the Chiefs cap space. I do know Ward is a free agent, though. That is yeah.
1: correct. I'm wondering if they'd put the F tag on or T tag.
0: It would be interesting because it'd be interesting because I know Ward's also the person who gave up 260 yards to Jamar Chase a few weeks ago. And Javarius Ward has been an up and down tenure with the Chiefs. But I think you're right. I think he is a true number one corner if he hit the open market.
1: Yeah. um, And... You know, Chase brings different um, issues and problems for teams than the big three in the NFC West. I mean, the big three in the NFC West are, are slot guys who beat you from the slot. And, you know, we need a slot corner. I mean, Byron Murphy, um, there's certain guys he can cover from the slot. I don't think he's quite fast enough. um you know, he's cagey and you know he's aggressive, but I don't think he's fast. We saw in the goal line he had his problems down the stretch covering out passes. Um, we need someone, a more quick twitch athlete, as they say, um, to cover these guys. So um, the guys that we need to cover in our own division, we've got, uh, of course, we're going to be playing Tyreek Hill and- the AFC West teams next year. Um the, you know, Hunter Renfro is gonna be a a guy you need to control in that you know, and then then of course you got the 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 um, the uh chargers, wide receiver cores is lovely, dark and deep. Um so and, and then um in Denver you got Judy and you've got some really good talent there on off on at uh, receiver. So uh, my thinking going in is really got to find this, the cornerback that can take our secondary to the next level. Cause you know, as good as our safeties are, if we can get corners to match um, and be really strong on that back end, it's going to make a huge difference. So I have getting, the
0: salary cap here for you. If you're, uh, if you're looking yeah. for it, so, yeah. Going into the offseason, the Chiefs have $22 million in cap space. Now, I restructured Chris Jones's contract, which didn't save very much. It's still $28 million against the cap. Okay. Uh, Joe Tooney's saved a lot of money, and Kelsey's saved a little bit. Also, Frank Clark, I did his. It was just a little bit of money. So, yeah. the max they could get is about $45 million wow. in cap space. Oh, they also uh, have to re-sign... Tyran Matthew and Orlando Brown this offseason as well. So those two are likely due for large extensions that'll eat into a bunch of that forty-five million dollars. Okay,
1: all right. So yeah, but if I were them, I'd rather have Chardarius Ward moving forward than Tyran Matthew. Um, as much as the Honey Badgers been so good for them, um, I think you could draft a safety and. Uh, you know, Sorensen's good on one of them. Um, so I don't know about that, but that, that tells me that it's more than likely they're going to be able to hold on to Chardavius Ward if that's what they want to do. I mean, they could have another target in mind, um, but um, so we'll see. I mean, uh there are other guys out there in free agency that, that are fascinating to me. And, um, you know, one guy I was looking at yesterday was Levi Walls of the Bills. Um, and, boy, he was right there stride for stride with Tyreek Hill on that amazing touchdown. And all he's got to do on the catch is tackle him from behind. He's right there. And I don't know why he didn't play it out and just rip for his ankles um, better than what he did, and you know, because then uh, Hill was off to the races, and what a play! And then, of course, Hill got away with taunting, which uh, you know, it's crazy how some teams get away with stuff when you know, and, and other teams don't. <laughs> but, um, so, but that, that we'll talk about those games at the end of the show, and um. Right now, I just want to keep focus on the free agents. But I, getting back to the Rams, there's two other guys that that really caught catch my eye, and and that I think would be huge would be um, Joe Nodeboom. Um, the the tack he played left tackle yesterday. He basically shut out um, JPP, um, and, uh, and and in textbook fashion his his uh, fan blocks his setup everything looked great in his hand um and i think the you know the this year's chandler jones s contract for the cardinals is tj humphreys i mean the cardinals i made a point on this uh last week uh, in my articles is that, that on rt rotb that you know the Cardinals held on to Patrick Peterson a year too long. They had a chance to trade, get a first round draft pick for him and Nelson Aguilar, um, which they declined. And Patrick Peterson had a down year. Um, you know, and he was at the final in the final year. His contract with not much guaranteed money um, on twelve million, I think it was, of a base salary, and then. Chandler Jones, as much as you love what Jones did in the first game and throughout the season, he played hard. And you really, you know, I I can't criticize Chandler Jones, and I'd apologize to him that a coordinator thinks he can – he should be in pass coverage. Um, that is just still mind-boggling to me. But uh, but I, I thought Chandler played really hard and, uh, and showed good leadership. But at his – price, uh, market value. Um, the Cardinals, you know, if they had traded him and gotten something in return, that would have been something. Or if they had saved his 15.5, imagine what they could have done with that money. They could have gotten another cornerback. They could have gotten another edge. They could have re-signed Hassan Redick um, with that money, which, again, uh, still doesn't... Um, make any sense that the, the thought process coming into the season was to stick with Jones and then try to play Marcus Golden and Devon Kennard at the other uh, outside linebacker spot when clearly none of the three of them can be an asset in coverage. And clearly none of the three of them have ever been really good at contain um, which has been a bugaboo of the Cardinals, particularly against the Rams Rams and their bootlegs and all that. So so um you, know, you think of what you can do with fifteen point five million, and in the case with DJ Humphreys is they can save almost that much too. Um, unless DJ's willing to take a you know, um do a contract extension. Um, you know, DJ's a fine young player, and he's developed and he's become a captain. I mean, I really like the guy a lot. I mean, I'm really fond of the way he's matured. Unfortunately, he did not have one of his better seasons this past year. Um, he, he gave up more sacks than usual. He was, um, you know, had like 11 or 12. Just seemed a little off all year, and I don't know why or how or that happened. But uh, but again, it's the the money you can recover in a year where you you need to re-sign a number of players. I mean, it's not just we're not just one or two pieces away with all the free agents the Cardinals have, and I'll get to the Cardinal free agents in a second. But um, but this kid, Joe Notaboom, of course he's from Plano, Texas, went to Texas Christian. I'd be willing to guarantee that Cliff Kingsbury not only knows this kid, but tried to recruit him at Texas Tech. Um, it would be shocking to me if he didn't. Um, and uh, that would be a, a coup, I think, to, to get him in because not only can he play tackle, he can play guard. His, uh, you know, PFF numbers are outstanding. is 78.1 for the times that he's played. Um, you know, I don't think if you offer him a decent contract over multiple years, I don't think the Rams can re-sign him. Plus, um, Kyle, they still have Whitworth, Andrew Whitworth on the books, right, for next year. I, I thought I saw that. He's, he's signed again for next year. Of course, they have Rob Havenstein on the right tackles.
0: It is correct. Yes. So Andrew Whitworth will make about 15.6 million dollars next year. His contract is not convertible into base salary. So he will be the third or fourth highest paid player on the Rams next season.
1: There you go. How can they with 190,000 on the cap? How are they going to resign Joe Notable?
0: Well, this I is... messed with the numbers a little bit here and I tried to figure out who they could keep. So if Vaughn Miller gets $20 million a year, which is just a ballpark figure, I threw that together there, and they gave Odell Beckham $7 million a year, and they gave Darius Williams $7 million a year, and they have to re-sign their kicker, Matt Gay, who was a pro bowler this year, so he, he'll maybe get a little bit of money in there. They would have to choose one of the three between Austin Corbet Brian Allen and Joe Noteboom. Of which one to re-sign? They could maybe keep one of them, but they wouldn't be able to keep all three of their offensive linemen.
1: Yeah, yeah, and, and the other two, I don't think should be that difficult to re-sign. Um, yeah, I mean, it would certainly depend on money, and um, if if Cliff really likes Noteboom and knows knows him well, I think you could throw some money at that kid. Um, his versatility, and he could play left tackle for you. Moving down, you know, for years to come, he could be the left tackle and Josh Jones the right tackle. You know, as I was saying in in, um, the epiphany I had over the weekend uh, was that, you know, if the Cardinals don't, you know, they have to, with Kyler Murray on the verge of being um, most likely Taking up one fifth the entire salary cap in salary, Um, the Cardinals have to hit on their draft picks and and have to play develop and play them quickly Um, because and then you know make shrewd depth signings because we saw how the the depth issue became such a factor for the Cardinals. I mean, if you look at it this year, look look at the final four teams all of them had the luxury of all four quarterbacks were healthy all year i mean stafford had a toe but uh, you know he's been fine um stafford all, also all four of them had their number one wide receivers all year um so you had stafford with cup and cup had a historic season unbelievable and look what he did yesterday um in uh Giving the Rams a ninth life, like a cat, um, that came was bizarre. I mean, they did everything possible to try to give it back to Tampa Bay, but who saved the day? Stafford and Cup. You know that that combination was the best in the NFL this year. Let's let's just um, you know chip our hats to them, right? So so, and then you got Jimmy G who did have a bit of a health issue towards the middle of the year but bounced back from and but Debo's the better you know the the biggest um and most promising news for the 49ers this year was Debo Samuel staying healthy and then when they expanded his role in the offense this this team took off so you you had that combination going all year and then you know Mahomes and Tyreek Hill and that that's a you know they're like the magi of Kansas City. I mean, there's the three kings on offense, and just unstoppable at times. By the way, didn't that uh, game-winning touchdown from Mahomes to um, to Kelsey remind you of Santonio Holmes and dragging the feet in the back of the end zone? Oh man, what a nightmare! And I was so heartbroken for the for the Bills. I, I mean. How, how in the world do you lose a game when you just took the lead with 13 seconds left? It's just uncanny. But here was the deal with that. It was that, you know, I mean, first of all, why the Bills didn't squib the kickdown is going to be one of the, you know, like most prolonged questions in the history of the NFL. I mean, the whole notion is that you put it, you put the Chiefs in a, in a quandary there because they know they're, you know, the time is their worst en- enemy. So you, they either have to then c- fully commit to the return, which is likely to take six or seven seconds if you advance it past the 30. All right. And now you're talking six seconds left. You're time for basically one more play or a quick out for 10, 15 yards to get out of bounds with one second left. Which still would have left a sixty-five-yard field goal, but then they, you know, the Bills call timeouts on each of the two plays, and they come out in just, you know, uh, I mean, I don't understand what they were trying to do. I mean, you know, in that situation, I don't think you know you have a better option of rushing three, and that's that's a situation where you want to rush three. I mean, in that where you just don't you can't give up 19 yards to hill on the first play and then 25 yards to a wide open kelsey up the seam with levi wallace playing just you know didn't didn't get to him fast enough and wallace made a trip tackle after finally like 20 22 yards and kelsey you know dove ahead for 25 yards and it's just mind-boggling. I mean, what you can do in that situation is, is you can play five-man under with five-yard cushion. So what you, the point is stay, keep your cushion the whole time. And then when the ball's in the air, you're going to let them catch, but then you're going to make sure you make the tackle. And in that situation, you're not going to give up 40 yards, 40 plus yards. Um, and it is gonna force Mahomes to hold on to the ball longer. Plus, not only do you have a man on man with the five-man under, you got a three-man rush, you got a five-man under, and now you have a three deep safety built in, where, you know, in their in their zones on the back end, anyone who gets past, they can pick up and make sure they don't catch the ball deep. Unlike the Bucks did, didn't do with Todd Bowles, um, on that Cooper cup game winning play. I mean, wow, was that just amazing. Um, cups play in that game and, and Tyreek Hill. I mean, the, the two guys, in the, you know, showed their, you know, their, why they're the best receivers in the respective conferences. And there was totally clutch, but, uh, but yeah, it just was was just curious that the Bills called timeouts to set up what looked to be a very porous um, and um, poorly conceived prevent defense, and it burned them. Um, uh, it's just uh, was so heartbreaking for them. I mean, if you're a Bills fan, who you know back in the day with with uh, you know Kelly and and Thurman Thomas and everything. Wide right, I mean, three Super Bowls and nothing to show for it, no rings. I mean, this just has to be so, so frustrating because you had it. I mean, the performance that Josh Allen put forth with, with you know, um, in this game, the will he showed to win and just the sheer out-balling that he did. And um, Gabriel Davis, I mean, whole cow um, but here's the thing too is that with brian dayball calling this offense i mean that's the kind of attack mode offense the cardinals need with throwing downfield and being aggressive i mean in those situations cardinals tend to get conservative and i think that's might be more on kyler than it is on cliff i think kyler tends to play very conservatively maybe in fear of throwing the interception. When really in those situations, I mean, look what Josh Allen did attacking downfield. And not only that, where did they attack? They attacked where Tyron Matthew was missing. They knew where the chief secondary was vulnerable, and they attacked it. That's something the Cardinals have to do next year. They have to adjust to the personnel and know where teams are weak and exploit that as much as they can, and in an aggressive fashion the way the Bills did. And I'll tell you, if Brian Dayball isn't on the top of everyone who wants an offensive head coach's list right now, I mean, you look at the job that he's done with Josh Allen um, for one. But look at their offense and how diverse it is. Look at the play calls. He, you know, look at what he gets out of Allen with his legs. Look at what he gets out of Allen with his arm. I mean, you know, Allen is just stunningly brilliant now and coming out of wyoming people had their doubts he was all over the place at wyoming um you know kind of trying to find himself his accuracy wasn't terrific you wondered if you could ever coach him up to get him reasonably accurate now he's just lights out um i credit brian dayball as much as anyone for for zach allen's development and somebody's gonna get Prize plum offensive coach in dayball um, as head coach, uh, somebody's going to snag on to him. Yeah, uh, man, I'll tell you, he is—he's uh, earned it, especially after last last night's performance, was was you know uh, an offensive coordinator's clinic in my estimation. Um, but um, so. You know, again, when we want to get back to free agency. Uh, you know, the, the Rams have – there's one more Ram that, that has not been playing. Um, Sebastian Joseph Day is a run-stuffing um, – uh, run-stuffer up the middle for the Rams who's been out with a pec injury. Uh, and I don't know. They're hoping he can return next week, um, but he's been out for a number of weeks. Uh, But he is a free agent and um, he fits what the Cardinals need. They need another run stuffer. Plus I think uh, Sebastian day this year in seven games had three sacks. So, I mean, his, his his pressures are, are, um, are increasing. I mean, he's a player on the verge of becoming really good. He's liked him in the middle of their defense. I I think he was a real good compliment to Aaron Donald and, Greg Gaines, um, and uh, Robinson. I mean, he's a legit player. Um, And I don't know if they can afford to keep him either. Although I also had kind of this notion of, nostalgic notion of what it would be like to play the 34 with one 34 DN, J.J. Watt, and the other 34 DN, Calais Campbell, can you imagine that? Oh, my God. And Calais is a free agent. And I don't think at this point in his career he'd come in, you know, um, too high of a salary. Yeah, things soured with him with B.A., but B.A.'s gone. Um, and, boy, and I think he's a player that belongs in the Cardinals' ring of honor. And bringing him back for a Super Bowl run I think would be so, so wonderful. Um so that's another thought. And If you watch Calais this year, he played really well, I thought. Um, and not only is he great on still attacking the run, but man, when you, he is the most elite punt, I mean, field goal blocker in the league still. I mean, he is, he is uh, amazing at that. So he, he serves a multiple, um, multiple roles when you sign a guy like that. So but Sebastian um, Joseph Day is someone I think you um, can take a really good look at. There are other free agents out there I'll discuss at some point, maybe next week. Uh, I just wanted to focus on the Rams because if you can steal from the Rams, uh, you know, I want to fight pushback. I was saying on ROTB writing this is I want an off-season. Um, weight training and conditioning training program called, called, um, you know, um, Ram Bam. Because, you know, I, you know, what the Cardinals really need to do is continue to get more physical. And seen as the Rams, everything they did, which looked to me like after they lost to the Cardinals, all the adjustments they made scheme wise to go back to their bread and butter plays and then personnel wise to be the big winners at the trading deadline with Vaughn Miller and Odell Beckham Jr. I mean think of what those those moves did for the Rams I mean and, and how they were able to pull those off which is which is incredible and of course the Stafford trade set, set the whole tone for this whole all in season for the Rams. And the all in Rams just beat the all in Bucks, the returning champions in in Tampa. But you know, I'm hoping that yesterday's Rams win over the Bucks and an increased effort on the Cardinals part to then this offseason do everything they can to to um, counter for the Rams and to ram back. On the rams, um, because you know, I I, I don't know how, or, you know, what other way to put it than this has been an Arian's curse that you know, on uh, and a plague on both houses. I mean, if you use a Shakespearean um, phrase, you know, think about this, okay? Because th- Arian's old remarks, you know, the, the hubris he showed and gall that he showed, um, exposing the Rams as a calling them an 8 and eight team at best, a gloating over a win in in St. Louis then, um, where you know it was a low scoring Thursday night game or whatever it was, and with Ryan Lindley at quarterback, um, you know, th- think of think of what's happened, you know, the Rams. Not only ever since they Rams wisened up and thought, you know, maybe we ought to try not to be an eight and eight team at best every year, the hiring of Sean McVeigh. Okay, listen to these startling numbers. And it's not just wait till you hear this, it's not just for the Cardinals who are now one in 10 versus McVeigh. Okay. And in the majority of those 10 wins, they're just total wipeout games. Um, And not only that, check out this list, okay, of in those games, players who were lost for the Cardinals. Um, Well, first of all, before that happened, the Rams cost uh, Tyron Matthew. That's where he suffered. He suffered his first ACL injury in his rookie season. That was against the Rams. Carson Palmer, okay, suffered his ACL injury, knocked out of the season versus the Rams. Carson Palmer now with, you know, Sean McVay game in London. You know, so B.A. was a part of this. Uh, The Rams broke his arm and knocked him not only out of the season, but that ended his career. Okay, then the Rams pounded on, on Drew Stanton back. That's why back in the day, um, forcing him out with a knee uh, out for the season with a knee injury, which led to the whole Ryan Lindley having to start him in a playoff game. Then if you recall, the Rams knocked out David Johnson in the game, the last week of the season and Johnson's great historic year with the knee injury. And let's just be honest, David Johnson's never been the same since that injury. Um, and he wasn't for the Cardinals and he really hasn't been, I mean, he's been okay, but he hasn't been the, the DJ of old, the humble rumble that we, we knew and loved. And then, so then, but then how about last year with a chance to make the playoffs in LA playing against Joe Wolford, John Wolford, a quarterback, they knock out Kyler Murray on a sack in the first quarter, and then we we know how that all shook. Okay? Now, okay, then this year, when they they got their revenge game on the Monday Night Football in Glendale, that's when they knocked out DeAndre Hopkins. I mean, Cardinals are falling like dominoes versus the Rams, and this has to stop. Okay? Okay, because then James Conner, same game, late in the game, almost last play. Um, pulls his Achilles, okay? Then, I don't know about you, but it made me so sick to my stomach to watch Buddha Baker carted off the field in that preposterous performance from the Cardinals against the Rams um, in the playoffs. If you know the Rams are red hot, and they're buzzsawed. It, it would have been tough to beat them, but to be as ineffective as the Cardinals were against a division opponent they should know so well they should be able to, to uh, make the game at least competitive. I mean, to watch Buda Baker um, Carter off that field, it was just – the insult to injury is just overwhelming to me. And if we're ever – if the Cardinals are ever going to get over the top in the NFC West, they've got to, you know, ram-bam their way through this curse of sorts because, and it doesn't end there. All right. Arians did this not only to the Cardinals, but he did it to himself because he against um, Sean McVay, he is a uh, one in four and oh, and three with Tom Brady. I mean, imagine that. I mean, he's got the goat and he can't beat McVay. And of course, you know, um, and so, you know, essentially he threw a plague on both our houses and now BA's paying the price today for it. Um, And, uh, you know, it's got to stop. It has to stop. And maybe um, some demons were exercised yesterday with, uh, with McVeigh getting the ultimate victory over Arians in Tampa Bay, over the GOAT, which could have been the GOAT's last game in Tom Brady. But, uh, you know, and the Rams almost giving them every chance to come back and win that game uh, like the Bills did with the Chiefs. Uh, so, I don't know. It's That's something that my focus of this offseason is let's take some of these Rams players and and turn them into Cardinals because they're good players and some of them are very, should be, you know, affordable. Let's, let's see if we can grab one of those stars for the trades. They made like a Von Miller. um, Who's as you saw, as you've been seeing, he's got plenty left in his tank. um, And he's the speed kind of rusher and Von Miller defends the run from the edge and he contains from the edge. And I don't ever want to see our best pass rushers in pass coverage again. And uh, hopefully whoever's the coordinator next year advances back or if the Cardinals make a change there, hopefully um, the message gets through. Which, by the way, if you're a GM of a team, you have every right to insist. Um, I would have gone back to the game the Cardinals lost in Cliff's rookie year. They're playing their hearts out. Against the 49ers in Santa Clara, and they take a late fourth quarter lead, a three point lead in stunning fashion. Of course, here we go. The defense is giving up yards, yards, yards. But now on a key third down, um, with the with the 49ers um, in in long field goal range. Oh, you know, P. Vance Joseph calls a delayed, not even you know, on the snap with a delayed safety blitz for Buddha, wherein Jalen Thompson's brought down to play Buddha's man, leaving the middle wide open. And both Chandler Jones and Terrell Suggs are standing still, not even rushing. Okay. And they're there to um, be in coverage in case the 49ers do what they often do in that situation which is to run their running back on a circle route. Okay. And what happens if you recall this? Okay. First of all, Jimmy Garoppolo realizes, let me just buy a little extra second time. And so he back pedals on the play and running back, Jeff Wilson goes right at Calais Campbell and Campbell lets him cross his face and never gets a hand on him. You can jam him right there. Um, unless the ball's in the air, you, you have the five-yard you know, um, jam zone, you can jam him there and knock him off his route. Stead doesn't do anything, and Wilson just runs right past him. Over the middle, he's wide open. Jimmy Garoppolo lobs it to him, and then Wilson can walk in with a walker from 20-some-odd 20 yards, 25 yards out, with nobody in sight to tackle him. And the Cardinals lose the game on that play. If I had been the GM or anyone reasonable, been the GM after that game, I would say to Vance Joseph, if you ever do that again, you won't coach another day here. All right. On key third downs, we want our pass rushers rushing the the quarterback. Don't put them in coverage. They're not coverage guys. I mean, enough of that. All right. We've had to watch this for three years. And it defies all logic. I mean, has it ever worked for one? I mean, if you could say, well, if you could point to, well, look where it worked here. It hasn't. I mean, the Cardinals lost these games down the stretch, giving up 30 points with at times in key, like third. I'll never forget the third and 19 where they pass over Chandler Jones's head into the gray area of a his, of his soft zone and give up a 20-yard play on a first down. With your best pass rusher standing like a statue in coverage. I mean, that's that cannot be. It just cannot be. You can't do that. Now it be another thing too, if he was taught properly that if you're in the in the flat and there's nobody there, you play the you you backpedal to the deepest man. That is zone print a zone principle. You gotta play deep first, up second. But of course, our you know when when Jones gets there, or Canard got there, or Golden got there, they just stood there in cement, like those uh, Bills players in that prevent defense. That's not what you know. Pre, you just don't stand in an area; you got to guard somebody. I mean, it's matchup zone. You have to whoever's in your area, you got to cover. And this is something that really needs to change for the Cardinals. Sooner rather you know, immediately. You cannot have these these just just um, you know gaffes on on the calls and the execution and whatever else. So you know the point is is that we need reliability out of the coordinator to make these plays. We also need accountability as to you know how they're playing using their personnel. And you know, it's just it's just inexcusable to have two elite athletes and football players like Isaiah Simmons and Zayvon Collins spending a lot of time on the bench during the team's first playoff game. I mean, that is just unthinkable and unacceptable. And if, you can't, if, if the coaches can't play who you, get, you, know, you give them this kind of talent, if they can't play them or don't want to play them or say thanks but no thanks, how can you trust them there either? So I mean, I think Vance Joseph is a you know you know I think he's probably better suited to be a head coach. I mean, he has gravitas. He certainly has that. He's got personality. He's articulate, um, but his play calling as a defensive coordinator and his his mind boggling use of personnel um, and 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 I mean his. Um, insistence that the middle line, a Mike linebacker, um, play like a safety. I I mean, it's so unconventional. I mean, one thing, if your defensive interior were holding up, but once J.J. Watt went down, now we had the compounded situation of having, you know, not as being as strong up the middle and then having a middle linebacker. Play on his heels most of the time, and not very instinctively, and kind of drifts towards plays, and not doesn't run downhill on keying on a running back. I just don't know how any of that um, is acceptable uh, to to the coaches. And what's mind boggling to me too is that a local Arizona, you know, Republic um, sports writer, Bob McManaman. Um, turned out his season-end accolades and had uh, Jordan Hicks as defensive um, most valuable player, most outstanding player. I mean, I just, I mean, I respect Bobby Mack. I mean, I I just, you know, so I, I tweeted him. He didn't answer me back. But I tweeted him, I said, how did you arrive at Hicks over the team's only pro, all-pro player, Buddha Baker. How is that even possible? I mean, Buda Baker. Take Buddha Baker out of that defense. And what do we have? I mean, and look at what he's the effect he's had on Jalen Thompson. The two of them, hands down, were the, were the MVPs of this defense. I mean, they cover. They've spent the whole season covering for all the major flaws in the Cardinals' defensive schemes. I mean, what a luxury it is for um, Vance Joseph. And I'll tell you, Joseph is really good with safeties. He's very good with safety. He was in Denver, and and he is certainly with here. But he almost has to be because, you know, the way that he schemes things makes you wonder. I mean, you know, I mean, and the irony is that Baker and Thompson are the downhill tacklers you hope your linebackers would be. I mean, they got it sort of reversed. We would almost be better off if they put Baker and Thompson at linebacker and, you know, kept, you know, Hicks off the field. I mean, the thing about – and then the other thing about Jordan Hicks is, you know, I don't know if he's coached that way. So, you know, I don't don't know um, really what the story is with that. I do want to give him a ton of credit for keeping his head up during the whole – um, Off-season ordeal, and that must have been really tough. And he came back in better shape than what he was last year. I give him a whole lot of credit, and he made a lot of good plays. And he was somewhat improved in zone coverage and man coverage. He just, as we saw in the playoff game, I mean, he can't cover Cam Akers. I mean, asking him to do that is really—it's not Jordan Hicks's fault. um It's the fault of the coordinator. But what Hicks really is is good at is blitzing up the a and b gaps that is his fourth he is you know fantastic at that and he ended some games with those blitzes um and you know like the dallas game i mean that was huge um so you know if, if something to keep if you wanted to keep hicks but you can't keep him at nine million you got to do something about that but if you wanted to keep hicks you could use them as a nickel rusher from inside. I mean, also I'd be curious to see if he could rush from the edge. I mean, cause he's, he's when you put him, when you tell him to go downhill, you put him in that role. He's pretty dang good, but it's just, when you leave it up to him, he's more hesitant or whatever it is. But uh, yeah. So um, something needs to be done there. And uh, they got to commit to saving Collins. I mean, Collins is made to order as an NFL Mike. That's his role. I mean, he could play Sam too. He could, you know, he, he could be um, play on the edge. There's no doubt in my mind, but, but at Mike, he can do all those things. You know, he, and I don't want to hear the BS. Well, he's lost in coverage. No, he's not. Okay. Um, If you look at his tape at Tulsa, he even won a game on a 99-yard interception where they were going to lose a game at, at Tulsa in his senior year. Um, he's got a nose for the ball. He's, he's athletic. And if he's going to make some mistakes early, you'd expect it. But give him time and experience and get him settled and confident, you're going to see something entirely different. And, you know, then they got to figure out Isaiah Simmons. Um, you know, the Simmons uh, situation is is tough. I mean, that was the question coming in for all the NFL teams. Where do you play this kid in the NFL? I can tell you verbatim right now, it's not an inside linebacker. It's just not. I mean, we have to be honest about this. And so many of us at ROTB, and I love our our members there. I mean, our members look at tape, they study tape, they see, they know these things and it's a joy for me to get on there and, and, um, discuss with them day after day after day. I mean, we knew we saw Simmons when they were forced to, because of injuries when Clemson was forced to play him at inside linebacker in, in the, uh, Joe Brady LCU game, um, you know, uh, in the playoffs, in the college playoffs championship game. Um, well, you know, or was it semifinal? I guess it was semifinal. But um, but look what happened there. I mean, Simmons was dominating that game defensively out on the edges and at safety and the corner, and even at times at free safety. But when they put him inside, he was he was less effective and a little more hesitant. Some guys are built that way. When you put them inside, they have that instinct. And it takes a lot, of, like Malcolm Gladwell, the ten thousand hour rule. You really need guys who are well versed at playing inside linebacker because you need guys who have developed instincts and understandings of what it takes, and you need physical guys who can hold up physically. Not like Dion Buchanan, who, bless his soul, he was his mind was willing, but on a, as an inside linebacker, you got to be built for it. Um, in the NFL, I um, mean, it catches up. I mean, the ground, the pounding, the physicality of the position demands someone be, you know, physically fit for it or prototypical for it. So, um, you know, but I think you got to move Simmons to safety and play him at times as a slot corner um, and or a middle safety in zone, uh, uh, in zones or middle linebacker in zones when you go zones but you can you got to do what Clemson did move him around that perimeter get him on the edge at times get him out in space at times use his fantastic elite athleticism to your advantage i'll tell you this right now if you put him at corner and just let him play corner he'd be outstanding at it i mean he'd be richard sherman only with with a turbo mode um because he's got the length, he can cover. This kid can cover. He can come up and force the run. I mean, he's a baller in that you know, just go back and look at his tape at Clemson. It's so fast. When he played corner, it was lights out. When he played deep safety, it was lights out. Um when he played inside, you know, outside linebacker, it was lights out. When he played slot corner, it was lights out. It's just when he played inside that that um his production um, Diminish some, and it was pretty clear on tape there. And I think it was—it's very clear after two years with the Cardinals, they so got to move him, play a hybrid two safety, two strong safety system with with uh, Jalen. Do something. You got to have a coordinator who can figure that out and put him carve the right niche for Simmons is huge. So, last but not least, I want to give you my top five. Uh, Cardinals own free agents. You know, thought a lot about this, and there's tough decisions to be made, but I'm going to go in reverse order. Okay. So, and I'd love to hear, you know, on Twitter at WBJ Mitch, give me your top five. All right. At ROTV, give me your top five. Here are mine, and, you know, I, Don't peruse the list and go down that list and see for yourselves which which ones um, appeal to you and in which order, what's the top priority, okay? My number five is Colt McCoy. Um, We saw how valuable he was this year, Um, and it's a a tremendous security blanket to know that your team – um, has the ability not to miss a beat when your um, backup quarterback comes in the game, and um, and with with Kyler's injury history, and hopefully that's not the case next year. And like like the uh, the four teams in the playoffs, other than Garoppolo, left in the playoffs had their quarterbacks uh, under center all year. Hopefully that will be the case for Kyler next year. But having McCoy. And he shouldn't cost too much. Um, I give him a raise from last year. He deserves it. Uh, uh, having him back would be vital, in my opinion. Number four to me is Dennis Gardick. Um, you know, he had a transition year this year, coming back from the ACL. I think he he started to really make plays down the stretch. Um, interestingly, they really didn't. Um, rush him as much from the edge, uh, which I don't understand. Um, but uh, that's something I think he can get back to with a year stronger on, on his knee. Um, and we saw for ourselves that this guy has major quicks off the edge. And, um, you know, he's a captain on special teams. And I think he's got a, can carve a really strong niche on the defense. I think he could start um, at outside linebacker at the Sam or at the will, um, at the weak outside linebacker, either spot. I think he's, he's system flexible. I think he's the closest thing athletically we've had to Hassan Reddick in certain ways. I think he's even more quick twitch than Hassan Reddick, but he can do the things that Reddick, Reddick, um, does. Um, he's got to practice his technique a little better, um, both in pass rush and in coverage, because Reddick had those techniques down really well. Um, but he should be able to do that. So no, that's number four. Number three to me is Max Williams, who's a key to the Cardinals' running game um, and really emerged as one of the better pass-catching tight ends we've had in a while um, early in that season. It was so frustrating to see him go down in the midst of the best, his best year as a pro. And the Cardinals were undefeated then as well. He was contributing big time to that equation. Um, we need him back, um, and for our running game. But also, I think he can continue to pick up where he left off in being um, a strategic um, and clutch um, receiver um, in the flats and up the seams when we need him. Number two is Zach Ertz. Um, You know, you have Kelsey and Mahomes, and and you got you know Garoppolo and Kittle, and you got you know these tight end tandems with quarterbacks that are that are just so good. Um, Higby with uh, with Stafford, Um, you know, Ertz is our Travis Kelsey. Um, Kelsey, um, you know, he's our uh, Tyler Higby um um and I'll tell you what he showed it I mean he had over 500 yards a little over half a season with the Cardinals Kyler and he struck up a, a nice chemistry um also I mean Ertz is so QB friendly I mean look at the look at how immediately um Colt McCoy um, had a rapport with him uh that was really stunning and you know, this he, there's something about his character that uh, just jumps out at you. I mean, the way that he just he seized every moment of being a Cardinal, and he's so um, optimistic about the Cardinals' future. Um, loves it in Arizona. Um, I think he'll do a a mutually friendly deal with the Cardinals to stay, and I think you can get him for two or three years. It's probably, you know, you can spread out the the, uh, guaranteed money over two or three years and be good. But I think he's a key component to keep in the offense and you need a safety blanket. He was it and uh, let's hold on to him. And number one, drum roll, is uh, James Conner. I mean, James Conner, with his physicality and nose for the end zone, brought us something pretty amazingly special. I mean, on the season, including the playoffs, he had 19 touchdowns. I mean, I didn't know if I'd ever see a Cardinal running back get close to David Johnson's 20. Um, Now, you know, Connor can become more of a bell cow. I mean, I love Chase Edmonds, and I hope that the Cardinals can bring him back um, and maybe an incentive deal to even up his market value for for a one-year incentive deal might do it. That would be ideal for a Super Bowl run to have chase back. But and I've hemmed and hawed over it, but Connor brings that special physicality. and we see in the NFC West, I mean, this is a not only the best, strongest division of football, it's a it's a division for big boys. And um, I'll tell you what, Connor doesn't back down against anyone, and boy, is he physical, especially in the red zone. And he really was startlingly good in 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 the passing game. I mean you know some of the catches and runs he made there were were, were fabulous. So that's my top five. I want to hear what your top five is. Um, you know I gave all sorts of consideration in other areas, but I want let's just call this the Mitch five. I'll take it out of Gambo um, <laughs> Gambo five. Which I love, by the way. The Gambo 5 at the draft was was classic this year. Boy, did he nail it. So um, the Mitch 5, I want to hear your 5 and tell us why. And uh, geez, I hope this is a really good week for the Cardinals. I, I'm of the mindset that it's great that both the Rams and 49ers are in the championship game. I was rooting for both of them. Not only because I think it just further proves you know adds f- f- further evidence that playing in the NFC West um, you know is no day no no day at the park um, and it's the toughest division in football i'm so proud still that the cardinals had the best regular season division record at 4 and 2 whereas the rams and 49ers reached 3 and 3 and the seahawks were 2 and 4 i think that was stunning progress this year um and uh, something to be proud of, something to build on, and because um, we all know how you know, and it was no surprise to me that we were the four or five and six seeds because we play each other. I mean, Aaron Ro- Aaron Rodgers and the Packers had the, one of the weakest divisions in football. I mean, they could spread out. I mean, they had some cupcake games kind of there. They could, you know, they they did a heck of a job, no question. Until, uh, you know, um, the 49ers had their way at the end of that game. Um, but, uh, you know, and, and the other divisions, I mean, the a- NFC East might qualify still as the worst division in football. I mean, the other N- and the NFC, NFC South has taken a dip now that Breeze is gone. And, you know, um, and that. And it's just no wonder that that you know that the Saints almost squeaked in. And you got to give them credit, but uh, but yeah, I mean, not only that, but and this this um, it's great from the standpoint of the longer teams go in a playoff run, the harder it is the next year to come back. I mean that's been proven time and time again. I mean the wear and tear of these extra games. You know now that this season is seventeen games long. I mean. The Rams and 49ers are now going to be playing, both of them are going to be playing their 20th game of the season. That's going to take a physical and mental toll, but particularly if you lose. And so the ultimate scenario would be, so I root for them all the way until the Super Bowl. And then I root for the AFC team because then how demoral, it's like myth of Sisyphus. I mean, roll the boulder all the way up. You know, push it, push it, push it up to the top of the mountain, and then whoa, 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 and watch it fall all the way back down. I mean, it's so demoralizing to go all that way and lose. I mean, I would not root for an NFC West team to win at all. I don't want to see that. But there's a flip side anyway. If that happens, and even if they win or lose, the price tags on their free agents going up, up, up because of the visibility. You know. you know i mean you look at teams are zeroing in on these free agents and licking their chops well the more exposed they become in the playoffs the more um you know the more uh, expensive they get and we know with the tight caps in our division i mean i think the 49ers are in the best shape cap wise but uh the Seahawks aren't and we know the Rams I mean Kyle said it um they're they're in really you know without a, a cap at all next year unless they do what Kyle did which they will do is mix around restructure contracts try to create some and that always kicks the can down the road and it's going to catch up to them and and so um but uh yeah what a weekend be an interesting week to see if the Cardinals make some moves here. Um, and, um, you know, I, I don't know. You probably saw the tweets from Kyle Od- Odegaard about the, uh, shit hit the fan meeting. <laughs> Michael Michael so mythically had with, with Steve Kime and, and Cliff Kingsbury. And as I wrote on, on, um, on ROTB, I mean, Kime's in a corner now because, uh, you know, his, his defensive coordinator is not playing his draft picks. And, uh, you know, what we witnessed down the stretch in terms of scheme was, and execution was really alarming um, to the point of giving up over 30 points a game consistently. So something's got to shake out there, either a better understanding or better accountability or bringing in a new guy and – uh you no, know, and Michael Bidwell might be so teed off. He's got other ideas. It would be interesting to see what what you know his response to this is. But my response right now is what I say is you know Ram Bam. We've got to get we got to reverse the curse on the Rams. We've got to get back over the hump on that, and it means becoming more physical, becoming um, more. We got to add more speed on on both sides of the ball we got to match them like a chess player piece for piece and try to outfox them and capture their king so that's that the the off season i i would use every bit of that that disappointing 34 to 11 loss in the playoffs as motivation to okay what did we not do well in that game here's how we're going to address it Here's what we're going to do, and even better yet, let's grab a few of those young, promising Rams and make turn them into Cardinals. So that's that's all for today. Um, uh, please, as I say, chime in on Twitter at wbj mitch um, and twi- chime in at revengeofthebirds.com. Would love to get involved and discuss with you. Um, I want to see your top five um, of Cardinal free agents who you think. The Cardinals should prioritize. And, hey, have a great week. Um, thanks to Kyle um, Little Rock for another great um, session. And, hey, be well this week. and Go Cardinals. See you next time.